you know, there was a piece I remember about the idea of feeling guilt planning a wedding during this time, because weddings are such a happy thing with so much happening in the world. It, it can feel, you could, one could feel guilty for planning a wedding during this time. It, it could seem frivolous. So I think we really tried to help couples see that it's not something to feel guilty for. But I think couples are having a wide range of emotions during this time. Welcome to Bride to Have Been. I'm your host, Emily Lewis. Like many others, I was a bride-to-be, planning to marry my best friend in front of our loved ones, our tribe of 150 people. Needless to say, the pandemic upended the Pinterest-perfect wedding I had planned. From 150 to seven guests, I had the most unexpected dream wedding. But not all brides and wedding professionals have had the same experience. Join me as I uncover the reality of this new normal in the wedding industry. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Bride to Have Been podcast. Today, we're chatting with Kim Forrest, senior editor at The Knot Worldwide. The Knot Worldwide is in 15 countries around the world. Its leading global family of brands inspire, inform, and celebrate their communities as they move through life's biggest milestones. From the proposal to the wedding day, creating a home to starting a family together, they're there for you every step of the way. Prior to the Not Worldwide and Wedding Wire's merger in 2019, Kim was an editor at Wedding Wire for seven years. Clearly, we have a wedding expert on our hands, and I'm excited for you all to hear from Kim about how weddings have been impacted during the pandemic. Kim, welcome to Bride to Have Been. Lovely to have you. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. You know, before we dive in, I thought we could just kind of get a little bit more on your your background. I mean, goodness gracious, you have been in all things wedding for, I think I can call you a wedding expert for sure. I think that's a good term for you. So I'd just love to hear a little bit more about your background in this industry. Sure. Yeah. I started writing about weddings. Oh gosh. It's probably almost 15 years ago when I was an intern at Washingtonian Magazine in DC. The first article I ever wrote was about a new exciting trend in weddings called destination weddings. I don't know if you're familiar. (laughs) (laughs) It was like a very new concept at the time that people were traveling to get married. So that was very exciting. And I really just fell in love with writing about weddings. I I knew I wanted to be in journalism and I loved writing. And I I really just love how weddings combined so many things that I love from music, food, relationships, fashion. It's just a really fun and exciting topic to, to write about. And everyone's always happy. So that's really fun also. And, you know, I continued um, my career at Brides Local Magazines and Brides.com, where I, I specialized in fashion, went to lots of bridal markets and fashion shows, and then moved back to D.C., where I, I spent some time back at Washingtonian Magazine, and then moved over to Wedding Wire, where I've been for it's been almost nine years. And it's just been fabulous working for Wedding Wire and now The Knot as well both such really respected and trusted brands in the wedding industry. It's been really exciting. And again, just love writing about love. It, it just, I just look forward to, to coming to work every day. And, you know, even throughout the pandemic, it's been really rewarding helping couples through it 
and I because I because I know how stressful planning a wedding under normal circumstances can be. And this is a whole taking things to a whole new level. So it's been it's been really it's been difficult, but it's been it's been really rewarding as well. Yeah. It's so true that you literally get to talk about happy things, which is such a, that's so nice. You know, it's not everybody can say that about their lives that every day they get to talk about happy things. So that's awesome. I'm curious. So how did you transition? Were you always an editor or it sounded like you were in like the fashion side a little bit? At what point were you like, I want to write only about weddings? I've always been on the editorial side. When I was doing fashion, I was writing about fashion, but I was also working on photo shoots. I, I had a, a specialty um, in hair accessories. Oh, nice. I was really into hair accessories and veils for quite a, a while, but I've, I've always been a writer. I went to journalism school and I always knew that that was the part of the industry that I wanted to, to focus on um, is writing. But then also, but, but then I developed... I guess you could say an expertise in in the planning side and the etiquette side, which has been really great as well. Nice. Can you recall like your favorite article you've ever written? Oh my gosh, there have been so many. There have been so many. I can I can tell you what you know. It's it's been. I, I will say that writing about planning weddings during COVID has really it has been very difficult, but I feel like it has some of the most important work that we've done. And so I would say that while that has not necessarily been all fun, I think that it has been been rewarding. And I, I think looking back, I feel really proud of, of what we've done. So I would say favorite, I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but I, I think that that's something that I, I feel most proud of. Yeah. Is it just because you feel like you're really helping and, and adding value to honestly everybody that's going through it? Yeah, and I think when we started with with COVID in March, we really didn't know what was going on or how things were going to play out. So we were kind of learning along with the rest of the world. And I think I think we wanted to come from a place of positivity and joy, but also a place of understanding that this is really hard, and we don't really know what's going on. And we're supposed to be the experts. Mm-hmm. So I think it was just a matter of talking to people, you know, to, to vendors who were really on the ground. We talked to health experts. We really did the, the legwork to make sure that we were giving our couples the most up-to-date and the most helpful information out there. Yeah. And, you know, I'm curious because the regulations differ across states too. So how are you having to like change the messaging based off of the target audience? Or is it kind of a holistic messaging and every couple needs to take it based off of their own state regulations? We do always sort of give that that caveat that states and not even states, counties. I mean, we I was doing an article a while back where I was talking to, to a caterer in Napa Valley they're restricting it was 10 people the, the the restriction was 10 people right you couldn't have events with more than 10 people but other parts of the country you could have events of 50 people so it was it's been really difficult but we always you know we're always talking to local vendors but obviously we can't account for every county throughout the country so we always say be sure to check your state and local regulations and we found that wedding vendors have been really amazing resources you know throughout the pandemic they are so up to date on every regulation, you know, both for weddings in general, but specific to their area of expertise. 
talking again about that article I did about catering, like just talking to caterers, they, they knew so much just about the food service safety and all of those things that we may not think about, but that's their job. So they've been, wedding vendors are great resources and we always recommend that couples talk to their vendors because they really know what's going on. Yeah, definitely. Would you even recommend, I know a lot of couples, I, I think people go back and forth. Should I get a wedding planner? Should I not get a wedding planner? And for Julian and I, we were really grateful that we had the wedding planners because we didn't, that kind of felt like our resource of like somebody to talk to, to work through all this and figure out when do we pivot and so forth. Would you advise couples at this point during the pandemic to lean into a wedding planner? I think that wedding planners are more important now than they ever have been before. And, and they were important before, I would, I would say. Mm-hmm. But I think that given how quickly things are changing and how much unknown we kind of have to contend with, I think wedding planners really can be a great kind of, kind of weird word, but a guru to help you help kind of coordinate with all with your whole vendor team, which is really important. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you're following your state and local regulations because they're very much up to date on those. And just sort of be a, a, a sounding board to help you through the process. You know, when I got, I got married 10 years ago and my wedding planner basically was like part of my family. I don't know how it was for you, but she, she basically became like my second, like my second mom. And, you know, I think planning is so stressful. And if wedding planners were sort of to help relieve that stress before, I think that now when the stress is compounded, it's even more important. And even on the day of being there to make sure things are running on time, to make sure that the safety regulations are being followed. Although I do think that's everyone's responsibility to make sure that everyone is being safe. But I think wedding planners certainly have a role to play there. But I think from start to finish, wedding planners are super important and and really, I would say vital during this time. I couldn't agree more. I don't know what I would have done without mine, to be honest with you. (laughs) It's it's such a, I I do feel that it is such a special relationship (laughs) between the couple and their planner. The planner and my photographer, because they were literally by our side the entire day. (laughs) Photographer sees you in some, some, I mean, I was, I have my photographer, I was like getting dressed and you know, she saw me in some real, (laughs) <laughs> to compromising situations there, right? Hello, this is me. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it's so true. You know, what can you describe any tools that the knot is providing couples right now, um, engaged couples specifically? I know that the knot worldwide has a ton of tools based off of the different phase you are in life, but specifically just to the engagement process and trying to navigate planning a wedding during COVID. Um, curious, have you guys created any new tools to help couples right now? Definitely. So back in March, the Knot and Wedding Wire partnered and launched a 24-7 hotline. Oh, nice. It's a hotline where our customer service and events teams answer couples' questions surrounding weddings. And it's been really a safe space for couples to ask for advice, from experts and to vent and to just kind of hear a a friendly voice that tells them that everything's going to be okay and that we understand. And just in case your your listeners want to know, the number is 833-998-2865. I feel like I'm doing like an infomercial. (laughs) Memorize, I'm very impressed. (laughs) Well, no, I haven't. I haven't. I had a feeling we'd be talking about this. But yeah, it's it's been a really great resource for couples. And if 
if some if the team member isn't available to answer calls, there's a voicemail. We we get back to to you within 24 hours, most likely before then. And we've received more than 3,000 calls to the hotline, oh, wow. as well as hearing from couples through email, social you know social media, and all of that. So that was a really that was something that we really jumped on right when we sort of saw what was going on with the pandemic. We've also launched a rescheduling tool, which helps couples if they are rescheduling or postponing, it helps them coordinate with their vendor team to find out what dates are, are that everyone has available, which has been a big struggle for couples. I know if they're planning, you know, the, a, a new date and they want to keep their same vendor team, figuring out like, when is everyone available? Is there a date that we can that we can all coordinate on. So this new rescheduling tool is something that couples can use to do that. And then one more thing that we've, we actually had a, before the pandemic, but it's couples have been finding it really helpful now is our 360 degree um, virtual venue tours. So we have virtual venue tours where couples can basically like tour venue without leaving their couch, which is, you know, there are certain parts of wedding planning that you can do from home, but there are certain parts of wedding planning that you kind of have to go somewhere. And touring a venue is one of those things. But now you can do it from home with these virtual venue tours. So that's been really exciting. Couples have really been taking advantage of that. So yeah, those are some of the tools that we have, which couples really have liked and hopefully they've been helpful. Yeah, that's so great. And with the virtual venue tours, do you guys reach out to the venues and let them know, hey, we have this new tool to help couples shop around venues? And you pretty much ask them to take video footage. Is that kind of how it works? Yes, we've done it a few different ways, but basically, yes. And venues really love, I mean, venues have, can have obviously still pictures of their site on Wedding Wire and they're not. But, you know, then there's like a special camera that you have to use. And we have contacts for people who use those special cameras, you know, throughout the country. But they're really cool. And they really do give you a really good sense of what a venue looks like. That's awesome. It's funny because... When Julian and I, our original plan was at like a glamping site, 150 people. But when the pandemic obviously happened, you know, we decided to pause that whole situation and pivot to go to a more intimate setting. And the only reason we were able to do that successfully is because our venue gave us a full refund, which most venues are not giving full refunds. But that allowed us to go to like a more more our vibe, to be honest with you, but we just didn't want to pay for that type of venue for 150 people. So we ended up pivoting to this place called Hotel Californian. And I had been there to take clients on an, an outing one time, but you know, I had never really, I'd never seen the hotel rooms. I'd never seen the space like where I'd actually get married. So my virtual tour was my parents were in Santa Barbara staying at another resort and they just hopped over to Hotel Californian and literally gave us a virtual tour. So hopefully Hotel Californian now has the virtual tour capability. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, no. It's, and we've, we've heard a lot of stories like that with people FaceTiming in, you know, you got to yeah. do what you, you got to do. So in terms of content that you find, it sounds like you speak to different wedding professionals like planners, photographers, so forth, caterers to build your content. Are you also taking in some of those questions from like the hotline and diving a little bit deeper to try to build content that way to help couples out? Definitely. We are in constant communication with the experts and our, our team who are sort of on the front lines with couples talking to them and getting their questions. And then we, we base our content a lot of the times on what we're hearing both from 
from the hotline, but also from our community, which is our, our forums on, on Wedding Wire and the Knot, which are very active and couples, you know, are, it's a great way for couples to connect and communicate. So we hear from them pretty much weekly about what they're seeing and what they're hearing and what we can, how we can help. And that's, you know, talking about like why I love weddings so much. I really do feel that weddings, writing about weddings is there's an element of service journalism to it, that we are really here to serve our couples and to find out what they need, especially during this time when things are so unknown and and so stressful, you know, finding out how, how can we help? How can we best serve our couples? Yeah. I'm curious, obviously we've now we're almost at a year of when shelter in place was announced in March of 2020. I imagine, you know, out the gate when the pandemic happened, all couples questions were like, what do I do? Right. Do I postpone whatever? But now that a lot of, I would say majority of 2020 couples have pushed to 2021 from my understanding, there's a few of us raising my hand that actually did it in 2020. But I think Mm -hmm. I I would say it's probably over 60 to 70% that ended up postponing. Yeah, we yeah, we actually have some data around that. Oh, yeah. Was, yeah, we have I think it was 66% pushed to 2021, 7% pushed to 2022, and then there are people who are not sure and people who rescheduled to later in 2020, but that was what our data showed that most people pushed to 2021. That's crazy. I I just I think about all those vendors, right? Like their business no. is just getting rocked. And then these couples like their dreams of just what it's stressful having to like you said, stressful planning a wedding in itself and then stressful trying to replan a wedding like three times because I've mm-hmm. heard people do that three times now. Oh, yes, yes. All right, let's take a quick break to hear about our sponsor, GiftPod. As you know, Julian and I still manage to have a dream wedding even though we had to do a lot of bobbing and weaving to make it happen during the pandemic and ended up celebrating with just our immediate families. But of course we did truly miss celebrating with our entire tribe. In order to give our peeps a way to celebrate us, we asked them to send audio recordings of their love, support, and advice for our relationship. The recordings were produced, edited, spiced up with music, and packaged as a gift pod, our own personal podcast that we can now listen to on our anniversary or whenever we just want to feel loved. GiftPod is giving every guest on the podcast a free gift pod and is offering our listeners 10% off. You can apply it to a wedding package or you can use it to give a gift pod for any occasion, a birthday, anniversary, or even a celebration of life. Go to giveagiftpod.com and use promo code COVIDBRIDES. You know, we've been in this for a year almost. I think we all have these expectations of, or maybe not expectations of of what to expect, but how, like what questions are coming in and and what advice are couples asking for now in 2021? Sure. I would say the biggest question that we're getting is how do I cut my guest list? Oh, well, but I think there are people who are, who have rescheduled, right? Who initially were planning to get married and they had invited 200 people. And now, you know, they want to be able to cut that guest list for safety reasons. And also, I think, again, if you are starting to plan, and you want to have a small wedding to begin with, how do you sort of cut down that list? So that's been something we've, we've written a lot about. And I think, particularly during these times, people are being very understanding. I think that the, the advice we gave about cutting your guest list pre pandemic is very different 
than the the advice we're giving now. But I think if people understand the things of, that this is for safety reasons, and also having a virtual element um, to your wedding and letting people join in that way, if they you know if they are not able to be there physically, I think makes this a lot easier and makes it easier to include people kind of in a different way. But I would definitely say cutting the guest list has been the biggest question that we've received since the pandemic. Yeah, it's challenging. And and I hear friends going through it right now, trying to plan their 2021 wedding. And they have like four versions of their wedding. You know, here's my 200 person list, my 150, my 100. <laughs> uh, yeah, we have, a, we have a, a bride who just wrote a piece for us on Wedding Wire who has planned her, replanned her wedding twice or three times. And she's still it's now she may have a de- the destination wedding she thought she was going to have initially, but she they may just do like a mini-money and she just doesn't know yet. So yeah, there's a lot of unknown. Can we just talk about mini-money? That is the first time I've heard that. What <gasps> is that? Oh my gosh. So there are, so this is the other thing about since the pandemic, there have been so many new types of weddings. A mini-money is usually uh, just a ceremony okay, and surrounded by a few guests. So very close family and friends is a mini money. There's also a micro wedding or a micro wedding. That's what I called mine, but I think yes. mine was actually more of a mini money. Now that we're talking, so yeah, a mini money because it was a just a ceremony. Oh no, actually, you're right. So I had a micro wedding then. Micro wedding. So I had a micro <laughs> wedding. So a micro wedding is a small ceremony and reception with probably like fewer than twenty guests. That's a micro wedding. And then there's also the sequel wedding. Have you heard of the sequel wedding? No. Tell me more. So a sequel wedding is when you have, so let's say you elope or have a mini-money that's more of like a civil wedding. Then you can have a sequel wedding, which is a ceremony and a reception later on when you can have, when it's safe to have more people. So that's kind of like what like Justin Bieber and Haley Baldwin did. They sort of, got married and then they had more of a religious ceremony with a party when they had that South Carolina wedding. So that was a sequel wedding. And then there's also an anniversary reception, which is if you had a ceremony or mini-money and then like a year later when it's safer to do so, you would have just a party. Like that's when you just want to have a party when you can have more, more guests. So there were all of these like new terms that have come through the the pandemic. And I think these are these are the types that we're gonna see these for for years to come because there, you know, there's a lot of advantages to having these different types of weddings. And and these are things that were always sort of happening, but we just didn't have names for them. Yeah. So now we have all of these really cool new types of weddings, which is great. I love it. And there, I mean, you can kind of use them a little interchangeably. There is very sort of subtle nuances between the the different types of weddings. But yeah, it's 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 those have sort of come up since, since the pandemic. Wow. So I, I'm anticipating a lot of sequel weddings and anniversary receptions to come in the future. And I think people are going to start doing the micro weddings. I think this year people were really postponing and, and trying to see if they could do the big shebang as, as they originally envisioned. But I think as people realize like, let's just do this. I think more micro weddings might be coming up in 2021 than 2020. And I think it really, you know, people, it's, it's, there's a lot of guest list trimming. So whether that means 
having a micro wedding as it's defined as less than 20 people, or just if you were going to have 100 people. Again, it all really depends on the regulations and what's safe, right? Yeah. Um, we don't know what's going to happen a few, a few months from now. So it really, really depends. But I think, yeah, I think we're going to see in the, in, the, in the coming months a lot more of those types of micro weddings and, and mini monies. Yeah. Aside from like these handful of cool names that have just come up, <laughs> are there any other significant trends that you're noticing during pandemic wedding planning? Yeah. So there are a lot of, of trends that we're seeing. I, I wrote a few months ago, just about what we're seeing for 2021 wedding trends. And the the sort of theme I came up with was smaller, but bigger. Mm-hmm. So the guest list is smaller, but that means that a lot of the other elements of a wedding are bigger. So whether that means like really big and bold decor or having a really luxurious tasting menu for, for your meal or having some really unique and varied entertainment, because you know, as we've heard, like dancing is maybe not the safest Mm -hmm. entertainment, but then we're seeing people have stand-up comedians or, you know, more of watching entertainment throughout the evening, you know, rather than dancing. So that's been really interesting to see how couples are kind of taking the sort of safety measures and being really creative. We're also seeing seating at receptions change. Before the pandemic, people would, you know, kind of be grouped at these big tables. And now we're seeing more restaurant style seating. So you're sitting with members of your household at smaller tables rather than these like big tables with all these people that you don't know. So it's seating at smaller tables by household, which is something that I think we'll continue to see both for safety reasons, but also because it's kind of, you know, it's kind of the way things were going before the pandemic, we saw guest lists getting smaller and we saw people really focusing their budget on those details and on, you know, on making it a really special experience. And we're really seeing couples lean into that. That's, that's interesting because I, from my perspective of the weddings I had gone to prior to the pandemic, I didn't notice guest lists getting smaller or anything, but I'm curious, like what was driving that trend that you were seeing prior to the pandemic? Was it couples realizing I don't want to spend as much or are you still seeing that these small weddings are still can be just as expensive? Well, that's the thing. I I think the latter, I think that we were, we weren't seeing the cost of a wedding changing, but we were seeing, it wasn't so much, the guest list wasn't necessarily increasing in some, in some cases it was, it was decreasing, but it was really about, again, creating that really personalized curated experience and using the budget in a different way. So, you know, if you have your budget and you have a ton of people, you know, it's, you can't, it's not always the easiest to have that really curated experience, but by having a smaller guest list, you're able to, you have a little more wiggle room with your budget. And it's really, again, all about figuring out what your priorities are. If your priority is having a ton of people and it's safe to do so, go for it. But there are other areas that you want to be able to, to splurge on. It may mean cutting your guest list. So I think, again, it's all about, this is, you know, always with with wedding planning, it's always a trade-off. There are always compromises and things that you have to kind of consider, particularly when it comes to budget, because everyone has a budget and it sounds so crass, but it's like people cost money. Every person that you have at a wedding, that is, that is money. And you have to kind of figure out, you got to kind of have to find that balance. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to pivot to the mental health side of things. Is there, have you guys been also 
providing guidance just to help couples stay mentally sane and balanced. It can mess with you, you know, when things don't go your way, right? Like your vendors can't all be at your postponed wedding. So now you're out of pocket with some of your vendors that you've put deposits down or you're changed your wedding three times and you're just tired. Are there any like advice you guys are providing couples from that perspective? Yeah, we've done a lot of pieces about not only sort of dealing with all of those feelings, but also dealing with with your relationship, which I think, you know, for everyone during the pandemic, like being in a relationship with people working from home, like life has changed. And I think that that's something that we've, we've also focused on as well as how to sort of strengthen your relationship during this time and make sure that you come out of this stronger. So I think that, so that's definitely something, but the, I mean, yeah, we've done, you know, there was a piece I remember about the idea of feeling guilt, planning a wedding during this time, because weddings are such a happy thing with so much happening in the world. It can feel you could one could feel guilty for planning a wedding during this time. It could seem frivolous. So I think we really tried to help couples see that it's not something to feel guilty for. But I think couples are having a wide range of emotions during this time. And, and again, like the hotline and the you know the articles that we're doing, we really try to to help them. And of course, obviously, people need help and there are professionals who can help them, you know, with, the, with any sort of personal issues. But yeah, we really try to help them through the, the planning process and, and those sort of emotions as well. That's great. Yeah. I, I felt guilty. I, I definitely was like, people are literally losing family, friends and so forth. And I'm like, here I am trying to ask people to come to this celebration. And I felt guilty asking people to come to my bachelorette party. I felt guilty asking people to come to my bridal shower. And I still had those things because we were able to do them in a safe way. But there was just like this weight and responsibility when I was still asking people. And then honestly, the weight came off my shoulder when I just, we cut to our guest list for the wedding to to nine people or seven really, because nine with Julian and I, but I, I get it. I get that guilt because it, it was definitely heavy for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, but I do think that, you know, having these moments of joy, they mean a lot to people. They really do. And I think that there's, there's a lot of good in that. So, you know, I understand, I of course understand why people feel that guilt and feel that the, the wide range of emotions, but I do think that people also need to be able to feel those moments of joy. Yeah. It's funny. Um, when you say that I was, we have this restaurant we go to all the time here where we live and I have gotten to know the owner pretty well. And he was like, Oh, how have you been? Cause I hadn't been there because we were gone for our wedding for like three weeks at one point. And he's like, I haven't seen you. And I was like, I got married. And his first response was like, Oh my gosh, we all need that type of light in our life. And I was like, I mean, we don't really know each other that well, but we know each other from a, hey, I see you on a weekly basis picking up food from your restaurant. And that felt good to hear that from somebody outside my circle who everybody in my circle was like, yes, we need these bright spots. But just a random person, like just telling me that's just wonderful to hear during these tough times. So yeah, and you know, people are still getting married. People are still having babies. Like these, the life is, life is happening. And I, again, like it is, you know, there are these moments of joy and I, I feel like those are really important. Yeah, definitely. Um, curious to hear how 
just like the challenges that the knots had to go through during the pandemic, has it been challenging just internally working during shifting? Everything's changing. I think, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, from a, from a perspective of an editor and writing about planning during this time, things are changing very quickly and there's a lot still unknown. On the other hand, talking to experts, talking to wedding vendors has been really enlightening and helpful. So I feel like we are, you know, we're learning, but we're learning from like the best people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that, that certainly that's been difficult, but I feel, feel really confident in what we're doing. I think perhaps more difficult is talking to our wedding pros who are small business owners who rely on these large gatherings to stay in business. And we see that these small businesses are that are that are our partners are, are really feeling a strain. And, you know, I know that the, our company has offered some financial assistance, as well as webinars and sharing information about government aid programs and things like that. We've really tried to be a source of assistance to our small business partners. And we know that they're, you know, they're very resilient and that we'll see things bounce back. But that's been, I think, really probably the most difficult part is seeing the impact on the pros out there who, who, who just work so hard and they're so dedicated and they love their couples, but they are small businesses and they need to make money. So that's been really um, difficult, but we do feel really fortunate that we, we are able to provide some support in, in that way. That's great. I'm sure all those businesses are very appreciative as well. <laughs> uh, you know, just on a, a light note here, are there any testimonials that you can share from like resilient brides and couples during this time? Yeah, we, we just published an article from one of our writers. Her name, her name is Lindsay. And she, she wrote this great piece for The Knot about dress shopping and how, you know, she has no, she just got engaged, I think in like November. And they don't really know what they're doing. They don't know, like they have no venue. They have no date. Like they just have not had figured out. But she's like, you know what? I just wanted to get a dress. Yeah. Like I just really wanted to like, that's something that wa I saw. And she, you know, she has, um, her, unfortunately her father passed away suddenly. And she's like, I just wanted to get a dress. Like I just wanted to have that experience. And it was really, really special to read her piece because it just, again, it was all about that, like that moment that just really brought her joy. And, you know, again, she doesn't know what the future holds. Mm -hmm. But like she was able to have that moment, and that was really felt really made me feel really good. That they are there are these still shopping for a dress, like you could still do that, yeah. and, and the, those sort of like normal wedding planning moments. So that was great. It gave me like chills just hearing that. I mean, there are such fun moments with planning for a wedding, and it's okay to be like, "Yes, I am going to go do this. Like, I'm going to go shop for a dress. It's it's awesome. Yes." So my last question I love to ask our experts is just, you know, how do you see the wedding industry changing and moving forward? How, how does it going to look in the future? Sure. So, I mean, I think, you know, for a while we're going to see a smaller wedding. So I think we're going to see those micro weddings and mini monies or just smaller guest lists, whatever that means. And, you know, I, I am really excited to see what, how, wedding pros sort of work within the safety measures to make these events happen. And, you know, we've seen so much creativity since the beginning of the pandemic from wedding pros. And I'm just really excited about what's to come because I think it's, I think we're going to see a lot of really unique weddings 
And, you know, I think we're going to see a lot of weekday weddings. You know, obviously there are only a certain number of available Saturdays out there. And I think there were couples who were initially planning on having a 2021 wedding who may have snapped up a lot of the weekend dates. So couples who were rescheduling didn't have as many dates to choose from. So I think we're going to see a lot more weekday weddings. They might look a little different. Maybe they won't go to as, as late of a time as a wedding on the weekend, but I still think they can be really fun and just like a really nice way to break up the work week. And again, because a lot of people are working from home or can work from, from anywhere, I think it makes it more conducive to having those events um, during the week. So I think that's definitely something to look for um, in 2021. And again, another way I think we're going to see weddings changing is I think the virtual component with having a, you know, a Zoom station is going to be something that we're going to see at most weddings. I think before the pandemic, it was like, oh, that's fun. Yeah. You know, you have a computer, like, you know, or you'd have like your uncle in the front row, like holding up your phone to FaceTime in a few people. But I think we're going to see that as something that's more formalized and just like a mainstay at weddings moving forward. You know, whether that means having a professional do it, which I do recommend, you know, if you're having a lot of people zooming in, like having a professional take care of that, I think is, is a huge um, weight lifted off, you know, your, your shoulders or something more informal. But I think that we're, that's going to be like that. That's just how things are going to be moving forward is, is having that virtual component. Definitely. Cause this is like the more the merrier, like yeah. you're having, you know, people celebrating from home and people love it. I mean, people, you know, if they can't actually travel, like I think people really enjoy being able to attend a wedding. I mean, obviously, I think people want to be there, but if you're able to attend a wedding like from your couch, like that's pretty cool. I think that we're going to see that a lot more. And, you know, I think that's really, really exciting. Technology, it's great. I know. <laughs> it's funny. I've never actually had a virtual wedding yet, but my sister's had two. And every time she's dressed up as if she's going to the wedding, which I also love, because I think the guests do want to feel like they're going to be there. So they get all dolled up for it. So. I agree. I've had some virtual bar mitzvahs. It's the thing. Like it's re it's great. And I, I again, it, before I felt like it was something that people didn't really like think it was available to them. But now it's so easy. You should do it. Yeah. I love it. Well, Kim, thank you so much for being on Bride to a Bend today. You dropped some major knowledge and I think this is going to be so helpful for our couples. So I really appreciate your time. Oh my gosh. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Emily Lewis. Follow me on social media at Bride to Have Been and please send me or DM me your COVID wedding stories if you're interested in being featured on the podcast. Bride to Have Been is brought to you by GiftPod and produced by StudioPod. Edits were made by Notolab. Special thanks to Gary Oakland for providing this track. Subscribe, rate, and share with your fellow brides.